Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano, and I welcome you to Faith for Today. This is a time and a place where you and I can continue to be nourished in faith, to grow strong in faith, and to be in position where we can give glory to God today. And um, these things, we'll have to give ourselves to get them, but they are worth it every time. Today we're going to look at a topic uh, that we are impressed to entitle uh, Simple. And we're going to look at it, we're going to pick up right where we left off, and that is talking about complications. And uh, we've found that uh, even talking with medical professionals, uh, if a doctor was to have done a procedure and come in and, and they were going to tell you how it went, they said, well, we had some complications. It's not what you want to hear. And we've found over the course of generations and in the course of time that we have become a lot more detail-oriented, a lot more complicated. Um, things have become a lot more complicated. Let me re reiterate that. Even simple things like having a contract. You were to go, how many more pages? You know, I'm sure if we talked with some previous generations and they were to talk about how things were 50 years ago and how they are today, there's a lot more, what, complications. A lot more things added. And if you and I don't renew our minds continually and go after God's way, seek after Him, we'll find that we will be pressed to conform and become complicated and to make things round about us and the things that we do and to have this foresight and this way of looking at things and our perception that it's more complicated than really it should be. Because you and I will find as we go on with God, that His way is simple. His way is easy to find if we have the heart and the mind to see it and to do it. So go with me, if you will, to uh, Romans 16, and we'll look at verses 17 through 20. <clears throat> the enemy is one who's constantly endeavoring to complicate, to deceive, to trick, to make something that's very simple seem like it's not. To delude. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. And here in Romans 16, we're told to be simple concerning a certain area. Let's look at it together. Again, verse 17, and it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. So we're being told by the Holy Spirit to take note when we see people that are causing a division, causing an offense, and to, uh, to not spend time around that person. Now, this is an area where some have thought that they were being faithful in staying away from people and they entered into fear. One of the things that would be uh, very good for us to be mindful of is that there is no gift of the Spirit that is suspicion. And suspicious nature alone is not a gift from God. It's not being faithful. You and I can trust God, resist fear, and be in a place and position where we are perceptive and not suspicious. They are very separate. And in continuing, it says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. So we're talking about people that are serving themselves. 
going their own way, doing their own thing. And it's very interesting to note the scriptures tell us that out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water, Jesus said, that we would have entering into that everlasting life, we'd have out of our belly, there would be this spiritual flowing. And you find here, belly, this is talking the flesh. They are seeking their belly naturally. And um, it goes on and says, And by good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. People that have been deceived and are being influenced can actually, and this is what the scriptures are saying, can be useful in using words, in using speech to complicate matters and delude others. And so you and I should all the time be praying, all the time be checking with God the Father, be checking with the Holy Spirit and seeing, is that right? Is God, Father, are you in that? Father, is there anything I'm missing? Anything I'm not seeing? This takes humility and this takes honesty, but this is how you and I can miss out on being deceived. Miss out on, there's going to be those, in fact, Paul himself said that he did not come with eloquency, eloquency of speech. He said um, that the gospel was preached of him, it was by the power of God. And um, it will help us in simplifying that we check inside our heart, no matter how it sounds, no matter how much it sounds like they know, because you'll have people that are so confident in what they can do and what they know, and they can be so misled, so misguided, have doctorates and years and years of experience and research and this and that, and be misguided information all along the way. And we need to know enough and be simple enough in heart to check inside and make sure that God's good with that, that that lines up with the scriptures. And so it continues and says, For your obedience is come abroad to all men. The only way that you and I are going to be obedient to the truth is if we can separate the complications, set those aside, and follow the simple path of God. And he continued and said, I'm glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise to that which is good and simple concerning evil. So we know that this, excuse me, that this uh, simplicity, it's not simple-mindedness. And we spent last week touching on that, how the Proverbs actually deal with us not to be simple, that there was uh, a danger to those that were simple, that the stranger would actually um, cunningly and deceptively take in the simple one. And so simple-mindedness you can find being a detriment. It's very interesting that when Jesus said we were to come to the kingdom and receive the kingdom, he said we had to receive it as a child. A child is very simple in heart, quick to trust, quick to believe. And you and I are to come with that simplicity of heart. Now, when we talk about, thank you, Lord, being simple concerning evil, it means it's very simple concerning a bad way. And we looked before at complications when it came to Adam and Eve. Let's go to Luke, the fourth chapter, 
And let's look at uh, starting in verse 1, Luke 4, 1. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I'll give you a moment to get there. We're going to go a few verses here and read. This is some of the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. It says here in the first verse, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The simple way is the way in which you and I are led by the Spirit of God. We'll find that more and more. We'll, we'll take time to look at it in the Scriptures. But Jesus immediately, as soon as the Holy Spirit comes into his life, he's being led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Now let's look again and see what occurs here. Now in the second verse it says, Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended he afterward hungered, and the devil said to him. Now, is Jesus hearing voices? More than likely, no. But there is a speaking, and the devil is saying to him, if you be the Son of God. So what's the first thing he's coming to do? He's coming to question. And that's what we saw with Adam and Eve. The first thing he came to do is, has God said, he asked them. Has God said? And now he's saying, if you're the Son of God. So he's coming with this inquisitive nature, trying to question, trying to complicate, and trying to get us to doubt. And he says, uh, if you be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. So he's trying to get Jesus to prove himself. Now Jesus has all the ability, all the power of God on him by the Holy Spirit. But he's being tempted and tried to prove it. Prove you have it. Prove you can do it. Prove it. And let's see his response. And Jesus answered him saying, It is written... That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So Jesus didn't just fall into his trap. Jesus answered the question not the way the enemy wanted him to answer, but the way that God had prompted him to. And it continues in the fifth verse. Let's just take a quick moment here, though, and let's you and I release faith, because apart from God's help, you and I just can't see it right. We can't do it right. And we want to value Him and His help in this time. Father, we do ask of You, we inquire of You for Your help, for uh, quickening us, helping us, Father, to see this Your way, see it like we have not seen it before. Help us, we ask, Father, in this week to lay hold and to receive what You have for us. Thank You for it, for giving us of Your grace your anointing, Father, to make it clear in the way that it is plain before us and practical for us that we may put your will and your way uh, to uh, application in our lives today. We thank you for it, Father, and we know just as your word says that um, you, uh, those are blessed, Father, that are not just hearers of your words, but faithful to do what we've heard of you. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thanks for believing with us in that. Thank you, Lord. Now, fifth verse says, And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, 
showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now Jesus, his purpose in the earth was to be the king of kings. He was to be the king over a kingdom. And now he's being shown all the kingdoms of the earth. And Satan knows the very thing that you and I are purposed for. And although he doesn't see it all, obviously so, because Jesus goes through this unscathed. And even in the time to come, when Jesus laid down his life, the scripture said that um, the enemy, had he had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He was a foolish one to have done what he did to Jesus. And so here, he's showing Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. All of the purpose was right there. All that Jesus was to do was right there. But it was the wrong way in which to do it. And this is how he's complicating. He's coming in to muddy the waters. What was so clear, what was meant to be so simple for Jesus, that he was to inherit a kingdom. He was to lay down his life and inherit a kingdom. Satan is now coming and saying, you don't have to lay down the life. You can just inherit it now. It's not, it's not that simple, Jesus. There's other options. There's other ways to look at this. You can just worship me and you don't have to lay down your life. You don't have to hurt. You don't have to be patient. You don't have to do any of that. You can just have it now. And he, can you see that, that complication? Jesus knew how clear it was. And, and I'm sure he gained more and more insight as he went on. But he knew he was to lay down his life and receive this kingdom. And yet Satan is coming and saying, you don't have to lay down your life to inherit it. So he's trying to complicate what's simple, but you see how he does it by trying to make it easy. He's trying to bring a complicated way and make it seem to you and I. He made it seem this way. He's trying to make it seem this way to Jesus. That Jesus, you don't have to take it that hard. You can take it easy. And I got this shortcut for you. You can just bow before me. Worship me now, and you can forget about laying down your life. You can forget about them mocking you. You can forget about them beating you. You can forget all of that. Just worship me. You can have it all now. And you can see how the complicated thing was trying to appear as something easy, something that would simplify the matter, and in all actuality, it would have cut it out. He's a liar. He didn't have any goodness for Jesus, none to speak of. He's a liar. Let's see how Jesus handled it. And the devil said to him, All this power will I give you, and the glory of them, for that is delivered to me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. Now, some would say he's a liar. He doesn't have any of this power to do this. But notice we had already read that Jesus is being tempted by this. This is actually trying Jesus' faith. Which means that Jesus, in all actuality, there is a pull on him personally to consider doing this. To actually consider worshiping him. That's why it's a temptation. There is a portion of him that is pulled 
to want to do this, want to have it now, want to go that way, want to do that in that way. And yet he was, by the Holy Spirit, helped to separate the complications, to simply be led by the Spirit of God. And he knew just what to say. It came right inside him. And this is how you and I are going to find the answers. When the complicated matters come at hand, you and I are going to have to make a choice. And in that time, the only way we're going to know whether to go this way or that way is going to be prompted by the revealing by the Spirit of God. There's no other way. That's the simple way. And you can see it because you and I can rack our brains and go through all the different options. And in fact, James touches on this. We may go there, but we're told not to waver, not to be wavering. It says, yes, sir. It tells us in the scriptures that um, a wavering one should not think that they'll receive anything from God. A double-minded man, it says, is unstable in all of his ways. And not to think that they'll receive anything from God. And that is uh, directly connected with what we're seeing here. If you and I are very simple, simply led by the Spirit of God, there's not a whole lot of responses for us. There's not a whole lot of different ways we can go. There's actually one way. There's one way that God will lead us, which means it will spare us all the time, all the energy, all the wasted resource of trying this way and that way and that way and that way and that way too and that way. This is the wavering. Considering all of these options, considering all the things we can do now, considering all of what's at hand, we don't have the time for that. We don't have the energy for that. We don't have the resources for that. We have the resources to be simply led by God. And it's being just like Jesus. We'll see it here. Jesus answered and said to him, 8th verse, Get you behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Thank you, Lord. This is what the Spirit of God all the time was bringing up inside Jesus. Now, He'll do this when it comes to practical matters. You need to know which job to take. You need to know, you know if you should continue dating that person. You need to know where to go to school. You need to know these answers can be had in the same way. Going to the Father, being willing to go His way, and then pushing aside all the complicated things that try and rise up and make it seem, what kind of complicated things? Well, they're going to be upset at me if I don't go that way. If I don't do that thing, or if I do, then I'm going to have to do this, and I'm going to have to do that, and I'm going to have to, and I'm going to have to, and what? Going over and over all these things that makes it hard. How likely are you and I to go in a way that seems hard? seems complicated, seems confusing. We won't. But this is what the enemy tries doing. We'll get something from God. Faith comes by hearing. And as soon as we hear and it comes to our heart, 
he's immediately coming to try and take that out. How's he doing it? You know, someone has it on their heart. We're going to have to start. Um, we're directed to start a church. God wants us in this place. He wants us to do a work there. And so here they're going to go. And immediately, what's the enemy coming to do? You know how much it's going to cost to be in that building? You know, you know what? You know what the, the housing's like over there? You know that there's not a lot of people over there, not your age. It's a retirement place. There's not a lot of people. You can't, you're going to have an old people church. It's not going to work. It's not going to run. All kinds of thoughts, all kinds, to what? To complicate the simple word. Do this work here. Start this church there. Very clear, very simple. No different than don't go work for them. Go over there. Apply for that job. Stop talking to them. There's somebody else. Don't worry about it. Just, just do away with that. Stop talking with them. They're not for you. You're not for them. You'll find it. Keep going, right? Now, this isn't audible things. You and I must all the time train ourselves to be, yes, sir, very sensitive to our spirit. Very sensitive where God can get thoughts to us through us. Because when you and I are born again, He comes to live inside of us. He is spirit and He makes His home in our spirit. And in our heart, there will be good God thoughts that will come up. Some will seem so simple that you'll think it's you. I've had well-meaning elders of ours that have said the very same thing. They thought over the course of days, over the course of weeks, over the course of months, they thought this thought was just theirs. And in all actuality, God was trying to get them to take that pastorate. God was trying to get them to do that work. Well, God's got things that He wants to get across to us. He's not trying to make it hard for us. It's supposed to be the most simple thing in this earth that people be led by God, that know God. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When you and I are born again, when you and I come into the family of God, it is a characteristic, it's our very nature from that point in time that we be led by the Spirit of God. It's supposed to be one of the most uncomplicated things in all the earth, that you and I know God's voice and that you and I be led of Him. It is so simple. So that's why we want to talk about this, because we want to keep it simple. When you and I are amassed with this complicated world, it's so easy, because you and I have flesh, to be dictated and to be deluded and to go away that's complicated because of the pressure, not wanting to displease, right? How many times has a spouse missed God because they didn't want to miss, uh, displease their spouse, right? Wanted their wife happy, so they just went with it. We're not to be led by any other, but by the Spirit of God. And now, let's continue here. It says, he brought him, so Jesus casts him aside, gets him out of there, right? He said, get behind me, Satan, and he comes right back to him with the word. Is Satan just going to stop right then and there? You just got done resisting him. So he's going to stop trying to complicate things for you. He's going to, no, he keeps coming right here. He brings Jesus up to Jerusalem, 
sets him on a pinnacle of the temple and says to him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down from here. Throw yourself off. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Satan is trying to all the time get us to prove our faith. Prove our love for God. You ever have people put pressure on you to do this thing or that thing? And what's the the little underneath tone? If you really love God, you'll do this, right? If you really love, if you really do, if you really do, then you will what? Prove it. There should be no amount of pressure to prove. God himself can show us how to prove the sincerity of our love. But you see that here. The enemy's trying to get Jesus to prove he's the Son of God, prove he trusts God, and yet Jesus would have been tempting God himself to do it. Jesus responds back. He says, It's written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And Satan is trying to get Jesus to do what he himself is doing. He's tempting Jesus. And he's trying to get Jesus to tempt and try God. Try and prove God's faithful. Try and prove that God is who he says he is, that he'll do what he said he'd do. Try and prove. And this is where people miss it because they'll go out and assign themselves to a debt that there's no way they can pay because they're trying to prove that they'll have the provision. Enter into things they never should have entered into trying to prove, trying to prove. You and I don't want to try to prove. We don't want to tempt God. It's a foolish thing for us to do, but the enemy will all the time try and get us to do it. He'll all the time try and come in and take a simple word and distort it and alter it. And you'll find it because it becomes confusing. You start thinking about it and it becomes longer, it becomes harder, and it it becomes less and less peaceful, less and less joyful, you find your faith starts to wane. And um, let's, let me look at it this way. Thank you, Father, for your helping. Go with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter, and we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. As you're going there, I'm just going to finish reading to you. Jesus answering said to him, It said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. So where the enemy complicated, Jesus simplified. He simply was led of God, and when he did, he got to this place where he was then able to teach in those very synagogues round about him. He had to be tried to teach. Now here, we're looking in uh, Matthew 7, and I know we're good on time. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 7, and we're looking at verses 13 and 14. And Jesus is saying here by the Spirit of God, Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, 
and many there be which go in thereat. So following the crowd can be the very way to be destroyed. Many are going to go to the way that leads to destruction. Continuing in the 14th verse, it says, Because straight is the gate, you could say narrow, um, and narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. So we're told to go in this straight and this narrow way. Now, a, a narrow way, you may have even experienced this, especially now with you know distancing and things of that nature. You know, in a tight space, you have to even give some people some room to kind of walk by if you're going to distance a little bit. You know, you got to kind of scooch in. Think about it uh, much like a highway as opposed to a back road. The back road, you don't have that option of just going into another lane. You don't just have that option of thinking whatever you want to think, saying whatever you want to say, doing whatever you want to do. And when it comes to being simple, simple-hearted, there's a whole lot of things. There's no place for us to think it, no place for us to say it. And if you and I are going to be led of God and simple and live a simple life, simple-hearted, then you and I are going to find there's a whole lot of things that we will not say, a whole lot of things that we will not do, a whole lot. It's okay for them to say it. They're going to destruction. They're in a wide way. They're going that direction. But you and I in this narrow road, in this simple way, it's not for us. Now, I know we're getting close on time, but, but let's just look at this for a moment. Why is it so wide? Why is it so many are going down that way? Because they can do whatever they want. They got five lanes worth of area. They can go as fast as they want. They can, they can do as they please. There's no submission. There's no need to follow. There's no need to have a leader. There's no need to have a Lord. They are Lord of themselves. And that's what Satan was trying to get Jesus to do. Be Lord over your own life. It's more complicated than you're looking at it. You don't have to just serve and do that one way. You don't have to just go that one way. There's other options, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, not for me there's not. There's only one way for me. And that's what I'm endeavoring to get for us. There's only one way for us. There's a purpose and a plan that you and I have for this life. And we won't find it by trying to chase all these other ways and trying to go these other paths. There's one way for us. It's a very simple way. God's making it so plain for us. And some of the other reasons why other people want to go the wide way, they have bought the lie that the simple and the narrow way is boring. It's not enjoyable. They won't like it. This is such a lie. We need to disprove it. There needs to be much more of us that follow the simple way and have the best in this life. Live like few do. Can you see that? There's few that will be able to live in that kind of way. You and I can choose to be the few. You and I can choose to be simply. And if we do today, we give those that are going in the wide way to destruction the best chance of survival and of thrival that they have in this life. Because what they need to see, what they are desperately needing to see, is a people that will simply follow God no matter what. 
no matter what. Hallelujah. And if you and I will do that today, we will find that God Himself will be able to show up big time through us. People will be able to see God in and through us continually. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me, if you will. Father, we do ask in these days that you would help us to see how simple it is to follow after you, how simple it is to be led of you, and that as your children, that we would be led by your Holy Spirit. Help us to see this simple and narrow way in these in every area of our lives, Father. And as you do, we will give the glory to you. Thank you, thank you, Father, for making it simple and plain for us. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you can fully expect, you can mark it down right now, the date and the time, and you can look back on it and you can attest that you will see God move like you have not seen before and it will be so much more real to you that you will know His voice. You will be led of Him. You'll know which way to go. You'll have a confidence of it. And He will not leave you in any bit of darkness. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We love you, friends. We bless you. Come back for more. We will see you soon.